Welcome back to the Unashamed Truth Podcast, where we aim to help you understand and embrace God-centered theology. On today's episode, Grant Castleberry examines the life of Christ and his unwavering commitment to embrace God's divine plan over his earthly life. Jesus was acutely aware of his mission and the sacrificial role he was to play in securing salvation. Regardless of the circumstances, Jesus submitted to the will of the Father, and this obedience and trust culminated in his journey to the cross. Let's listen to Grant as he opens the Word of God for us. Now, if you turn to the right to to John's Gospel, I'm just going to read you these verses I think, because there's, there's so many of them. But Jesus highlights over and over throughout the Gospel of John about how his life can be described as a life that's obedient to God. That's how he fundamentally understood what he was doing. And I'm just going to read, read you these verses. This is John 4.34. He said, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Isn't that an interesting statement? My food, this is what I eat, this is, this is my daily bread, is to do the will of God. This is what gets me up in the morning. What gets you up in the morning when you open your eyes? What's the first thing you think about? I mean, my boy Patrick, the first thing he does is he comes down the stairs and he's like, Daddy, I want cereal. I want chocolate milk, right? It's his food. He, the first thing he wants is food. What's the first thing you think about? Jesus says, this is my food. This is what gets me up, is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. John 5.30 says, I seek not my own will, but the will of my Father. John six thirty eight. he says, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. John eight twenty eight. Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. So the words that I speak are words that God has given me to say. John 12, 49 is next. He says, for I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has has Himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to to speak. Then on the next page, John 14, 10, he says, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. The point that Jesus is making is is that everything he did and everything he said was according to the Father's will. It was a life of perfect obedience to God. Perfect obedience. And he was obedient all the way to the end. Paul says in Philippians 2.8, In being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient. 
How far? All the way to the point of death, even death on a cross. Hebrews says, Hebrews 5.8, although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. So Jesus was obedient to the Father, even to the cross, in everything he said and everything he did. When he was asked about the law in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus explained it to his disciples. He says in Matthew five seventeen, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. What he meant by that is he came to obey all of the law perfectly, completely, without blemish. Just in a, just an absolutely impossible task for us to imagine being accomplished under Adam as sinful people, to obey and fulfill the law perfectly. There's a little anecdote in Pilgrim's Progress where Christian is told that he can get his burden off by going uh, to, I think it's Worldly Wiseman's house. And, and uh, any, anyway, so he, he diverts from the path, which if you read Pilgrim's Progress, that's never a good thing. You never want to get off the path, you know. Whenever, whenever that happens, like, Christian, no, don't get off the path. And he goes off the path towards a mountain called Mount Sinai. And the, basically what John Bunyan is, is illustrating in this part of the, the story is how you try to justify yourself by keeping the law. And basically, Christian, it's, it's a, a gradual slope at first, and then it gets steeper and steeper and steeper and steeper until it feels like the mountain's about to fall over on him and you know, rocks are falling down on him and, and he can't go any further. And Bunyan is illustrating that it might feel good to try to justify yourself before God by keeping the law for a while, but eventually it ends in failure, disaster, because no one can climb Mount Sinai perfectly because the law is perfect and we're not perfect. But that's exactly what Jesus did, is that Jesus went and climbed Mount Sinai to the highest point without one false note, not one blemish, not one slip of the tongue, not one naughty look. It was perfect obedience all the way through. Jesus saw every single thing for what it really is. Jesus had a laser vision focus on the reality of the kingdom of God. And nothing diverted him from that focus. He was so dedicated to the ultimate spiritual realities that he knew existed. And he never allowed anything to push him off course from this vision of God. And I, I think you see this modeled very clearly in how Jesus approached God and communed with God in his life of prayer. Has it ever struck you how significant is it is that the Son of God spent so much time in prayer? He spent so much time in prayer. 
And he's, he's God himself, right? But he communed with God hours upon hours, nights upon nights. And it, it, let me just read you the verses and just, just show it to you. Mark one thirty five. this is basically after he does um, some, some of the miracles in Capernaum. It says, "...and rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed." You remember after feeding the 5,000, or the actually probably 20,000, 5,000 men, the, the great multitude, Mark records in Mark 6.46, after he had taken leave of them, he went up on the mountain to pray. Before choosing the 12 apostles in Luke 6.12, Luke records in these days he went out to the mountain to pray. And listen to this. In all night he continued in prayer to God. And when day came, he called his disciples, and that should be, and chose, chose from them 12 whom he named apostles. Before the mountain of transfiguration in Luke 9, 28, it says, now about eight days after these sayings, he took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And then in the Garden of Gethsemane, of course, you know that Jesus withdrew from his disciples and knelt down, and there he prayed. Jesus lived his entire life out of the overflow of this communion with God. And it struck his disciples so much that they asked him to teach them to pray. Because he modeled this life of communion with God. And it was out of the overflow of this time he spent in prayer, I think, that enabled him to keep his focus so narrowly uh, attended on the mission that God had given him. And just another demonstration of this is how Jesus throughout his ministry was focused on the divine timetable of God. That everything he did was according to the mission that God had for him and the timing of when that was to take place. Everything he did. An example would be when Jesus' mother, do you remember, asked him, uh, they ran out of wine at, at the, the wedding, and she said to the servants, you go listen to Jesus. And Jesus said to her, this is John 2, 4, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. Talking about his, the future hour of his ministry and ultimately the cross. And then there's in Caesarea Philippi, after Peter's confession that he was the Christ, Matthew records in Matthew 16, 21, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed, and on the third day be raised. So he basically, and when you read the Synoptic Gospels, he basically starts sitting his disciples down over and over and over again and, and tells them, I'm going to Jerusalem, and I'm going there to die. 
you need to know this, and I'm going to be crucified, and the chief priests are going to be the ones to do it, but in three days, I will be raised again from the dead. This happened numerous times. When he comes into Jerusalem, I was reading this the other day in John 12, right after the triumphal entry, John 12, 27, it says, Jesus says, now my soul is troubled. So, you know, he, he's there. He's there in Jerusalem. You can just picture it. All the crowd has been shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna. And uh, Jesus knows a lot of those people are going to be the same people yelling, crucify, cruci- crucify him on Friday. And he's there in Jerusalem, and his soul, his human soul is troubled thinking about everything that's about to transpire. And this is what he says to himself. This is, this is him preaching to himself. He says, what shall I say? What shall I say in this moment? And he says to himself, Father, shall I say, save me from this hour? And he says, no. Uh-uh. But for this purpose, I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. It, it, it was all on this, he, he had this laser focus on, on God's plan for his life. And he wouldn't allow anything to divert him from it. It's all about this divine mission he's on, this timetable he's on to the cross. And what Jesus does is he points us to the same thing, to live for the kingdom of God to live our life the way that he lived his life with our vision on God above the realities of this world. Through the actions of Christ, through his sacrifice, through his life and his death, Jesus exemplified the essence of selfless love, obedience, and surrender to the divine plan of God. Thank you for joining us today for the Unashamed Truth podcast with Grant Castleberry. Grant is the senior pastor of Capital Community Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. Find out more about Unashamed Truth by visiting our website, unashamedtruth.org. We have an exciting new Bible study being published in the days ahead, entitled A Vision for Motherhood by Grace Anna Castleberry. For updates and more information about this study and more, please visit our website, unashamedtruth.org. Also, consider becoming a ministry partner by giving a consistent monthly gift, which ensures that we can continue this outreach in the months ahead. Don't forget to subscribe to the Unashamed Truth podcast so that you will never miss an episode. Until next time, it is our prayer that you continue in your journey to understand and embrace God-centered theology.